الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد أفلح المؤمنون الذين هم في صلاتهم خاشعون والذين هم عن اللغو معرضون والذين هم للزكاة فاعلون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الصلاة عماد الدين من أقامها فقد أقام الدين ومن هدمها فقد هدم الدين أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم The last discussion that we had, we had commenced the discussion of these ayat of Surah Al-Mu'minun, the opening verses of the Surah. And in this Allah wa ta'ala mentions that indeed the believers are successful. And success that the Qur'an Shari speaks about is not some very confined meaning of success that we understand but something very vast, very comprehensive, every success of dunya and akhirat. So this success, Allah wa ta'ala says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ That the very first requirement of getting the success is that there is khushu' in their salah. الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Khushu' is something which is a quality in the Salah. It's obvious that something that is in it, then the Salah itself has to be there for something to come in it. The vessel, the container, the utensil has to be present for the milk to be poured inside. If the utensil is not there, then where are you going to pour the milk? So the first thing is the proper punctual performance of the Salah. And that is five times Salah. It is a daily performance of all the salah that now is the first step. This includes Fajr, Dhuhr, Asar, Maghrib, Isha, all the five salah. Many a times people have a difficulty with Fajr salah. That I just can't seem to make it for Fajr, but we can make it. It's just a matter of knowing what we have to do, understanding the importance of it, making the proper effort for it, and inshallah this becomes something very, very achievable, in fact easy. But it requires that the correct procedure be undertaken. The first thing is the azmat of salah, the importance of salah comes in the heart. Then together with that, the harm, or rather before that, the azmat and the importance of salah with jama'ah, that also must be in the heart. To repeatedly remind ourselves of that hadith sharif. Before going to bed, person now is bringing that to mind. The Nabi wasallam once said to the sahaba, that it was my desire to go and to get somebody else to lead the salah. And then I would go and put fire to the houses of those performing their salah at home without a valid reason. Not those who are omitting it. Those who are performing it at home without a valid reason for not having attended jama'ah. So to bring this to mind, 
This is how much of importance Nabi Wasallam gave to this. And then to bring to mind what is severe loss, it is to omit the jama'ah. In one hadith, Nabi Wasallam says, the person who performs isha salah with jama'ah, فَكَأَنَّمَا قَامَ نِصْفَ اللَّيْلِ it is as if he has spent half the night standing in ibadat. He was sleeping. After Isha he went and he slept away. But because he performed his Isha Salah with Jama'ah, so this is the reward of it, that as if he has spent half the night in ibadat. Can we imagine the limitless mercy and compassion and kindness of Allah wa ta'ala? person is sleeping and is getting the reward of ibadat, of standing in ibadat. And then woman, Sallal Fajr fi Jama'atin Fakaannama Kama Layla Kulla. Person performs his Fajr Salah Jama'ah. Now he gets the reward of making the entire night's ibadat. Entire night he has spent in ibadat. Whereas he was sleeping, maybe he woke up just for a short while, made some ibadat, but he got the sawab of the entire night's ibadat now. So this is just a little bit of effort, but what is he being blessed with? So now to bring this to mind, a person sits down, ponders over, we, a person will think that he has to do later in the day, some business issue, some whatever other work he has, he will go to bed sleeping with that thought in mind. He will be concerned about what he has to do five days later, what he has to do one month later. And sometimes we are planning for years in advance. So the person can't fall asleep because his mind is working so fast. What is he planning? He's planning a 10-year plan. He's got his 10-year plan now, his master plan, 10-year plan he's working out. But he's not planning for tomorrow's Fajr. So he's planning all this 10-year plan, but he hasn't made any plan, any intention, any determination that tomorrow's morning's Fajr, how am I going to wake up? What arrangements I made? What kind of determination do I have that tomorrow morning Fajr I could wake up and stand in front of Allah Ta'ala so this is the first plan this is the first thing to think about I'm going to bed That what time am I going to set my alarm for now what a tragedy it would be if that alarm is deliberately set for a time when it's not going to be possible to get the Salah with Jama'ah and what a greater tragedy it would be if that Alarm is set for a time when even the salah becomes qaza Allah ta'ala forbid. How can a mu'min start his day with breakfast? A mu'min starts his day with ibadat. He starts his day with his submission to Allah ta'ala. So that's the first plan to make that tomorrow morning's fajr. And if a person makes that first plan, he's setting his alarm accordingly. If one alarm is not sufficient for him, he's setting two alarms. He's setting a second alarm some distance away, few meters away, so that he can't just, like how somebody else makes noise, we just shut them down. So that alarm also starts ringing, he just shut it down. One slap and it's quiet. And then carry on sleeping. So now this must be some few meters away, so that it makes such a noise that a person is forced to wake up to go and put it off. But now when he wakes up to go and put it off, then that is the time now to fight shaitan, that I'm already out of bed, now to continue walking, not to take any steps backwards. To continue walking now towards preparing for salah, wuzu, istinja, whatever. 
So when a person now is thinking beforehand, he's planning beforehand, he's bringing the virtues to mind, he is bringing in his heart the harm of missing his salah with jama'ah and the importance of salah with jama'ah and then he's putting this plan in place, then inshallah, summa inshallah, this will become something not just easy for him, it will become a pleasure for him also. When a person makes the effort, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا fina لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُوُولَنَا person makes the effort, Allah Ta'ala says, we will open the way for him. We will open pathways of hidayat. Let alone him getting up himself then, inshallah he'll become the means of making sure others also reach the masjid for jama'ah. He'll be now getting friends up. He'll be picking up people on the way. But, first and foremost, we need to put our plan in place. So this aspect that Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala mentions, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ that the believers are successful, the first aspect of success, and the success includes every single thing, every success of dunya, whether in a person's personal life, his domestic life, his financial affairs, in his marriage, in his business, in his work, in his job, in his profession, and obviously in his akhirat, in his deen and dunya, Every success, because this is an all-comprehensive word, قَدْ أَفْلَحْ فَلَاحْ Falah includes every single aspect of success that can be imagined. But that is dependent on bringing these qualities in place. And the first quality is, الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ That not just performing salah also. That in that salah there is this quality of khushu' But the quality of khushu can only come if salah is in place. And salah in the terminology of the Quran and Sunnah is when all the salah in place, then a person is a musalli. When he's performing all the salah, now he's a musalli. And if he's missing some, he's called tariq salah. Person who omits his salah. There is a very different kind of injunctions pertaining to him. Which are very deep, which something that requires... Sometimes a hard to digest it also. That if a person deliberately misses a salah, deliberately, he just deliberately omitted a salah. Out of the four imams, great imams of fiqh, three of them are of the view that such a person should be killed. This is their fatwa. The lightest fatwa, if you may call it, is Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullah He says, no, he won't be put to death. He will be imprisoned. But then in prison he won't be given five star service. In prison he'll be flogged until he makes sincere toba that now I won't miss any salah. Oh, if he doesn't make toba, then that'll continue. Hatta yatub aw yamut. Until he makes sincere toba. Or oh, if his life goes in the process, then well be it. But if he makes toba, he'll be released. So this is the importance that these people, the fatwa itself shows and the Qur'an Sharif, if once also Allah Ta'ala gave the command of salah, that once would be sufficient to make it compulsory. One time. That salah is to be performed. Perform your salah, establish your salah. One time would be sufficient. But the direct command of salah is 62 times. And the mention of salah is numerous times. But the direct command of salah is 62 times in the Qur'an Sharif. 
that amount of times Allah Ta'ala is giving the command, that itself shows how important this is. And then the Salah with Jama'ah, let alone the Salah with Jama'ah, the Sahaba, this is right from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he gave this encouragement, he gave the virtues of Salah with Jama'ah, the Salah with Jama'ah 27 times more superior, and then the Salah with Takbir Ula, being present right from the time the Imam says Allahu Akbar. The Imam commences his Salah, the person is there to commence his Salah simultaneously. Just immediately after the Imam says Allahu Akbar, he sings Allahu Akbar. That's takbir ula The person performs his salah with takbir ula for 40 days in a row, consecutively. Then he gets two certificates from Allah Ta'ala. Bara'atum minan nifaq wa bara'atum minan nar. One certificate that he is now free from hypocrisy. This is such a major thing. That a person is free from hypocrisy now. Because many a times, if we consider within ourselves, that the things that we have a kind of double life, one outside, one within ourselves, one in front of others, and one in our privacy, is all a kind of hypocrisy. And with the barakat of this 40 days consecutively performing salah with takbir ula, this double life will come out of our lives. Then our entire life, whether in public or in privacy, whether in the presence of people who we are familiar with, who know us, or in some distant part of the world where nobody knows us, our life will be the same. This hypocrisy won't exist anymore. So such a great blessing for this takbir ula. And the second is freedom from the fire of Jahannam, subhanallah. So these two great bounties of Allah wa Ta'ala which are connected to this takbir ula Hazrat Maharashid Mahat Gangui once there was some jalsa taking place and somehow he got delayed in that because now of the crowd now people were thronging around him to meet him and the azan took place and now he's trying to make his way out and because of this crowd around by the time he got to the salah he had just missed the takbir ula the imam had commenced with his qirat. So after the salah, people noticed that he is in deep grief. Somebody asked him that, is there a problem, something happened? So then he sighed and he said that after 22 years, I have missed my takbir ula. After 22 years, I have missed my takbir ula. There was another great Buzurg of his time, Hazrat Asadullah Sahib Rahmatullah who was very senior Buzurg, one of the Khulafa of Hazrat Rahmatullah So once he was in a similar situation and he was very punctual with his takbir ula. Salah with jama'ah with takbir ula. Years on end, nobody had ever witnessed him missing his takbir ula. These are things that we have to keep revising. We all weak, we are nowhere close to these ideals, but if we don't even discuss them, we don't even think about them, we don't even hear about them, we don't talk about it, we will never make any effort to even try to get there. But, if we keep trying, we keep talking about it, we keep listening to it, we keep thinking within ourselves about it, and we keep moving half a step at a time also.
So we'll stumble, we'll fall, we'll wake up, we'll walk and carry on. But as long as we keep trying, inshallah, someday we'll reach there. With the help of Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, he was now also in a, there was some shura taking place or whatever. And somehow the azan took place and in the midst of all that, he got somehow delayed. So by the time he came out from this place to quickly, he had to now suddenly make wudu. By the time the wudu was made, the salah was now already almost in the last rakat. So he asked the person, Qari Siddiq Bandwi Sahib, who was helping him to make the wudu, that is there some other masjid in the vicinity that we can make our salah with jama'ah with? He said, yes, there's another masjid close by, maybe the salah there has still not yet started. So now they rushed. When they rushed to that point, see the salah here is already almost finished. Now this grief is just mounting on him. So is there any other masjid? So yes, there's a third masjid. Now India, numerous masjids not far off from each other. There's a third masjid. So he said, let's go for the third masjid now. They come to the third masjid, even there the salah is already just finishing. So at that time, somebody was standing outside, they realized what's going on, and they said that, look, it's now a bit far from here, but there's an orchard, and there's one masjid in that orchard. And because there's very few people living in that vicinity, they have their salah quite late. Whatever salah it was, perhaps Isha or something. Now it's dark, whatever it is, he says, though, if that masjid, there's still a chance of getting our salah with jama'ah there, let us go there. And now he walks at full speed. When they get there, alhamdulillah, that salah hadn't yet commenced. People were still just gathering. It was still time. So now he felt relieved. Alhamdulillah, I will now be able to perform my salah with jama'ah. Now, all this effort, because they understood the value of it. Nabi Islam says that the person who truly knew what is in Isha and Fajr. If a person truly knew the value of performing Salah with Jama'a, Salatul Isha and Salatul Fajr in particular, then he would come even he had to crawl and come. Even if he had to crawl and come, he won't miss it. And the example that we often discuss that supposing if we had to hear that there's a bar of gold being distributed every to everybody who's going to be in the masjid tomorrow morning for their time. So it's 100% sure if the announcement is that it will be in Mubani Masjid, then there won't be place for namaz in the parking lot also. Because people from all over outside will also come. Who couldn't make it to the local masjid every day, everybody will make it all the way to Mubani Masjid. So, what is that? That is the value of that material thing. That is the value of the dunya that we are now able to make whatever sacrifice that drive maybe 50 kilometers also. But we'll make sure we are here for Fajr. Because of that dunya that will be received. So that dunya, how many times a person had that dunya in his pocket and he was gone, he had to leave it behind. That dunya got left in the balance. And that dunya got left in the safe. And the dunya got left everywhere else, he had to go empty-handed in the cover. But this effort that a person will make, this will come to great benefit for him, great avail to him in the cover. On the day of Qiyamah, will take him to Jannat. So the first thing is, this aspect of the importance of Salah, and making sure that that Salah is in place, the five times daily Salah. 
Then together now with having brought about the structure of salah. That the salah is being performed. But Allah Ta'ala says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ That just the mere performance of salah is not going to bring the success. Person wants a success, there's something more than that. What is more than that? That that salah must have khushu'. That salah must have khushu' in it. The person must be khashi'. Then he will get the success. So first is the salah itself. So he'll make an effort on his salah, then he'll have to make an effort on bringing khushu' in his salah. What is this khushu' all about? So there are two words that are used simultaneously all, all the time, or often simultaneously together. One is khushu', the other is khudu'. Khushu' with a sheen and khudu' with a dad. So khudu' refers to totally all the limbs of the body being humbled in front of Allah Ta'ala. That a person is sakin and sakit. Sakin and sakit. Sakit means obviously he's not speaking anything that is meaning any words he's not uttering except what is to be recited in Salah. If he's in Qiyam, he's making Tilawat. If he's in Ruku, Sajda, the Tasbihat. If he's in Qada, he's making the, reciting the At-Tahiyyat and the Durood, etc. So, whatever is meant to be recited in whichever posture, but that is it. Other than that, no, un, nothing that is not allowed in Salah is coming on his tongue. That is Sakit. And Sakin, that he's not making any movement that is not part of Salah. He's making his takbir at tahrima, he's going to move his hands, he's going to raise it to his ears. That's a movement part of salah. He's going to move into ruku, that's a movement part of salah. But apart from the movements which are part of salah, there's no movement. Abdullah bin Mubarak, his neighbor who used to live opposite him, he used to describe his salah, he says, after Isha, I used to see him, he used to climb onto the roof of his house, like a roof garden, so an open roof garden, and he used to spend his night in ibadat. So he says, when I used to look at him from my house across the road, it appeared to me as if there's a tree that is on that roof. Meaning totally still, motionless. And now he performed lengthy rakats. So for that entire duration of that lengthy rakat, motionless. No unnecessary movement. It will appear from the distance that like, if a person didn't know that somebody is performing salah there, he'll think it's a stick or some tree trunk. So that is part of khudu. That the person, all his limbs are totally at rest, totally motionless. He's not unnecessarily fiddling with anything. He's not swaying in any way. He's not scratching unnecessarily. All this is part of khudu. And which itself leads to khushu. Khushu is what Allah Ta'ala has promised the success on. It has to be salah. And in that salah must be khushu. So the first step to that khushu coming in salah, some of these aspects were discussed last week. The aspects of taharat being done correctly. Because all this impacts on that khushu in salah. That wuzu being done correctly, the wuzu being done in the sunnah manner, Reciting the masnoon du'as during wudu. One very beautiful masnoon du'a that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has taught. 
during wudu allahumma ghfirli dhanbi wa wassi'li fi dari wa barikli fi rizqi subhanallah this encompasses all whatever we want whatever we need allahumma ghfirli dhanbi what a simple easy dua but when a person will perform that wudu in the correct manner with the sunnats of wudu with the adab the mustahabats this will enhance the noor of that wudu tremendously one is a wuzu, is a wuzu. Person thinks, well, I made my wuzu, fine. So indeed, a person made his wuzu. That's, nobody will say technically that his wuzu wasn't performed. And therefore, his salah, he cannot perform salah now with that wuzu. He just made his wuzu, he didn't fulfill all the sunnats, etc. The wuzu will get done. But anybody knows that, supposing there's something to be looked for, some something that's lost in the night now. Now one person comes with a, Small little flashlight with a one watt globe in it. Small flashlight with a one watt globe. Can anybody ever claim that this person doesn't have a torch? Doesn't have a flashlight? Doesn't have light? He's got light. With a one watt amount of light that is coming out of it. And on top of that too, even if we just add to it that that the glass on top of that globe is also dusty. One watt light, and that too now it must filter through the dust. So that is the one level of light. And then somebody comes with something that has a 200 watt bulb in it. 500 watt bulb in it. Like a floodlight. It's lighting the whole thing and making like daylight. So both is light. Who can say the other is not light? But every person knows what's the difference between the two. So likewise, to the extent that the adab, the mustahabbat, will be adhered to in that wudu, to that extent it will bring nur. And that wudu which is silahul mu'min, which is the weapon of a believer against shaitan, that will depend how much nur he brought into it. Being in wudu becomes a protection from shaitan and nafs from that wasawis, from the temptations of shaitan, from that deviation that shaitan brings in. But it will all depend how strong is the light, how much nur he brought into it. So if it's a one, one watt, then to his light, can't say it's not light. But that one watt you can barely just see something. There's hardly maybe just even, just see that there is a light. It's not even lighting the ground. So, when that is the level of noor in that wudu, so it's not going to be able to defeat shaitan. But a person has a floodlight, so if that noor is to that extent in his wudu, now this is what brings that noor, these duas, Allahumma khfilli zammi, wa si'li fi dari, wa barikli fi rizqi. Nabi Salaam teaches us this beautiful dua, oh Allah, forgive my sins. Now that's the first thing that we need for dunya and akhirat. To the extent that a person has achieved his forgiveness, then even his dunya will become easy. There will be barakat in his rizq. If he hasn't gained his forgiveness, there will be difficulties in everything. So he needs barakat in his rizq, he needs everything. So the first thing is he needs forgiveness. He got forgiveness, he's got the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. He's got the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, he's got everything. Ektu mera, to sab mera, falak mera, zami meri. Ek tu nahi mera to koi shay nahi meri. 
God says, Iktu mera. Allah, if you are mine, to sab mera. Everything is mine. Falak mera zami meri. The heavens are mine, the earth is mine. But iktu nahi mera, ya Allah, if you are not mine, if I am estranged from you, then I can have everything, but I got nothing. I can have everything, but I am still totally helpless and hopeless. So, Allahumma khfirli zambi, wasi'li fi dari. Allah, make my home spacious for me. Make my home spacious for me. Does it mean physically that whatever size it is, it must keep growing? That's obviously not what it means. Whatever size that house is be, will be, it's going to remain that. Somebody's might be a little bit bigger, somebody's a little bit smaller, whatever size it may be. But Ya Allah, you make it wasi' where it becomes a source of sukoon. The size of it, sukoon is not something that is linked to the size of that house. Otherwise, every person living in a shack would never have got sleep. Whereas sometimes that person is having the best sleep. And every person living in a mansion would have had sleep whenever he wants. Whereas many a person in a mansion is having to take tranquilizers. So that sukoon is not linked to these things. That sukoon comes from Allah Ta'ala's side. So Ya Allah, wawasi'li fi dari. You make my home spacious for me. You make it a place of sukoon. So now there will be muhabbat between the people of the household. There will be barkat. There will be that happiness. There will be that sukoon, that tranquility. There will be peace. There will be all the things that one desires what a home is meant to be. It won't anymore be a house. It will be a home. So, وَوَسِّعْلِي فِي دَارِي وَبَارِكْلِي فِي رِزْقِي Ya Allah, grant me barkat in my rizq. One is to have rizq, to have abundant material possessions, but if there's no barkat in it, then that will be destruction. That will become a source of misery. That will become a source of greater calamity. But if there's barkat in it, whether it is little, that too will suffice. And if it is more nurun ala nur, that will be even more of an asset for a person also. Provided that there's barkat in it. Ya Allah, grant me barkat in my rizq. So now a person is making dua while his wuzu, he's making that wuzu correctly. All this accumulates to bring in that khushu in that, in that salah. As we discussed, that person asks Mufti Muhammad the impact of wasting water in wuzu. Wasting water in wuzu. He says it will deprive the salah from khushu. The salah will become deprived of khushu. So any case, Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala is hinging the success on الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ At the top of the list. And this shows to us also the importance of salah. And there are many other things also, but the top of the list is salah. And therefore, Umar ta'ala who also emphasized the same thing. He wrote to his governors, he was ruling over a vast area, which today comprises of almost 15 countries. That amount of land he was ruling over, which in today the countries that are spread over that section of land amounts to about 15 countries. And he's writing to all his governors. Now this is something that they are taking care of such a major responsibility. And how busy they'll be. And he says to them all, whatever your busyness is, everything is in its place. Inna ahamma umurikum indi as-salah. They are running the Islamic State. He says, all that in his place. The most important thing to me is your salah. 
من حفیظہ و حافظہ علیہ حفیظہ دینہ person who will guard his salah and be punctual upon it, he'll protect his deen. The one who will discard his salah, destroy his salah, he'll destroy other things to a greater extent. All the other commands of deen to the greater extent. So this is the importance that they gave to salah. Many of the Khulafai Rashidin, Abu Bakr, Umar, Usman, Ali, Many, many ahadith you'll find. They are sometimes traveling somewhere, sometimes in Medina Munawwara. They are practically teaching, they are the Khalifa, the Amirul Mu'mineen. In the time of the Khilafat. But they are repeatedly highlighting the importance of Salah, highlighting the importance of performing the Salah correctly, practically demonstrating to people how to perform the Salah. The Amirul Mu'mineen, the Khalifa, is practically time to time, practically demonstrating, perform your salah like this. These are the postures. Because all that is that khudu. And without that khudu, that khushu won't be achieved. So the first part is this khudu. And that khudu is something to be learnt also. How to perform the postures. The takbir tahrima how must those hands be raised to the ears? How must the fingers be kept? How are the fingers to be tied when the hands are tied? How must the ruku be made? How must the fingers be on the knees? How does a person go towards sajda? Each thing is to be learned and to be practiced accordingly. And when a person will practice all the postures in the sunnah manner, with this khudu, then one major benefit of this will come is, that his mind which wanders around everywhere, this becomes a means of bringing that mind into the salah as well. That a person consciously performs all the postures of salah in the sunnah manner that will have a direct impact on that concentration also. And it will enable him to keep his mind in his salah. So Allah wa ta'ala has made this salah and this khushu in this salah the first criteria for this success. We are looking for this success in everything. Where we are going to find it is in the salah. And bringing this khushu in the salah. Inshallah in the coming weeks we will continue with this discussion. This is something to now practice upon. And among the major aspects that we discussed earlier was this five times salah and our fajr salah. That as we have mentioned, the ten-year plan, we go to sleep thinking about the ten-year plan, let's start off with planning for fajr salah. How are we going to make it to the masjid for fajr salah? That's the first plan. And we make this plan, we start making sajda properly in front of Allah Ta'ala. We start making sajda properly will mean all the sajdas that we have to make. First and foremost those so the five fard salah, all the sajdas, we start truly prostrating ourselves in front of Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala will make everything else bow itself down to us. But we must first become truly submissive to Allah Ta'ala. When we will hand ourselves over to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will hand everything else to us. But the thing is to reflect within ourselves, to what extent we've handed ourselves over? How much? So this is the effort to be made. And this is what we have to reflect upon, what we have to keep making an effort to read about how to perform the salah correctly, the, the virtues of it, fazail salah, Hazrat Shaykh Ramtulalain, fazail amal. This is something should be part of our daily ta'aleem in our homes, etc., to keep this consciousness alive. And together with that, learning from the ulama ikram in our community is going to them, asking them how to perform each posture correctly. Take one posture at a time. For one week, we correct one posture also. For one week we correct one posture, it might take ten weeks. But 
that 10 weeks will perfect our salah inshallah. And this way we will already have taken one major step towards Allah tabarak wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil Allah <laughs> La ilaha illallah 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa sallam Dil mera ho jaye ek maidan ho to hi to ho to hi to ho to hi to ghair se bilkul hi uth jaye nazar to hi to aaye nazar dekho jidhar और मेरे तन में बजाए आबोगिल दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल 
نفسو شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیاں تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ اللہ جل جلاله عم نواله اللہ 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 لا الہ الا اللہ محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہم لکا الحمد کلو ولکا شکر کلو 
اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا غلمنا أنفسنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اخفر وارحم وعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاخفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف المعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله يا الله forgive our families يا الله forgive our relatives يا الله forgive our friends يا الله يا الله forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم يا الله forgive the ummah يا الله يا الله forgive the ummah يا الله إله العالمين يا الله show your رحمة on the ummah يا الله يا الله remove the عذاب يا الله يا الله remove the difficulties and hardships يا الله إله العالمين remove the oppression يا الله يلا remove the poverty يا الله remove the starvation يا الله إله العالمين يا الله you grant afiat to one and all يا الله يلا grant afiat to one and all يا الله يلا enable one and all to do those amal that bring down your rahmat يا الله يلا save us from those amal that bring down your azab يا الله يلا save us from being tested يا الله يلا don't put us to test يا الله يلا don't put us to test in our deen يا الله يلا don't put us to test in our dunya يا الله إله العالمين we are very weak يا الله يلا you grant us afiat يا الله keep us steadfast on Iman, Ya Allah. Till our last moment and last breath, keep us steadfast on Iman, Ya Allah. Take us on Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Raise us on the day of Qiyamah to the Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from all the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the ears, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. Allah save us from the sins of the heart, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the love of deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the effort of deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of salah, Ya Allah. Enable us to perform our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us the tawfiq of performing such a salah with which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah save us from every evil and vice, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have passed away, fill their qabr with nur, Ya Allah. Make their complete 
deep maghfirat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, raise their stages in the akhirat, ya Allah. Give them the high stages in Jannatul Firdaus, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, give them complete shifa and afiyat, ya Allah. Remove every trace of the illness, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are in any kind of hardships, difficulties, worries, anxieties, tension, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you remove it with afiyat, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah. Those who are in financial problems, remove it with afiyat, ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless us with halal and tayyib rizq, ya Allah. Save us from every drop and every grain of haram, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from that which is doubtful also, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah, you guide us to the straight path, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, at the time of our death, take us with the kalima, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on iman kamil, ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah. Make our qabr's gardens of jannah for us, ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. All those who are present, ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you are the know of the unseen, ya Allah. You know each one's need, ya Allah. Fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, ya Allah, grant them the best of dunya and akhirat, ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. All the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam begged for, ya Allah, we also begging for all that good. Whatever Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge from, ya Allah, you grant us protection as well, ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين